Are we recording? Uh, yes. Here we go. Sonic 1029 presents Top Ranking Podcast with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Cue the intro music. Temporary podcast theme song. This is temporary. It's not for long. Temporary podcast theme song. This is temporary. It's not for long. Welcome to Top Ranking Podcast. I'm Garner Andrews. That's Bryce Kelly sitting right over there. Yeah. On today's episode of Top Ranking Podcast, ballsy or narcissistic, we'll discuss. Ooh, okay. I always tend to lean ballsy, but we'll discuss it. The power rankings of the worst thing you could possibly have to throw up. Oh, that sounds classy. (laughs) It's a countdown. Uh, And do you live in a murder house? Ooh, I hope so. You're listening to Top Ranking Podcast. It's on the internet, where no one ever responds to my urgent MySpace messages. Oh, before we get down to important things like counting down the top 36 things to throw up, uh, and do you live in a murder house, we're changing the name of the podcast. I'm not sure if it's next week. (laughs) I'm not sure if it's the week after. It's a little out of our hands. But we got new artwork. We've got a new name for the show. It'll still be the same highbrow, important, sophisticated discussions you're used to. Yes, we'll be discussing more about vomit, I'm sure, in the future. Yeah, nothing will change, but we have to get a new name because if we want if we want Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everyone else to take us seriously, apparently we can't call ourselves top-ranking podcasts. No, we named it kind of in a tongue-in-cheek way, and apparently those big companies don't have Quite the sense of humor you want them to. Yeah. So are so, we are we telling people what the new name is right now? Maybe not yet. Really? Maybe we'll sit on that. Well, we can, I guess. I don't care. I kind of want to show off my new theme music. Oh, you wrote this song for it. I did. I wrote, well, okay. Let's say the name of the podcast will now be The Lawn Chair Prophets. Yes. I'm one of the prophets. Bryce is one of the prophets. You, the listener, sitting in a lawn chair, you are also a prophet. Don't let anyone tell you you're not. I have uh, have a long history of people telling me how prophetic I am, so it's only fitting that this is now the name of the podcast. Yeah, and it's sort of like the the reason we came up with lawn chair prophets is I've been a big fan of lawn chairs my entire life, and I wish I was joking. Mm. Like the old school woven ones with the aluminum frame on them, those are the best. Yeah, the ego-crushing defeat when you slip through that oh my god have a crumble beneath your weight it's just and i always think about lawn chairs the same way i think about sombreros a sombrero is a good time hat like nobody has ever in history had a bad time while wearing a sombrero have you no you don't wear a sombrero to a funeral you don't wear a sombrero to a tax audit no (laughs) no you you strictly wear the sombrero for, for for parties. Same thing with a lawn chair. Have you ever been somewhere you don't want to be sitting in a lawn chair? No, it's a good time chair. Yeah, I guess that's more thought than I've ever put into a lawn chair. So anyway, the other night I was in my home studio and I pulled out a bass, I pulled out a guitar, I pulled out some drums and I hammered out the music for... Uh, the new theme song. This will be what opens the show, but I still have to sing the lyrics. I wrote the lyrics, but I haven't committed them to tape yet. So what I would like to do right now, could I try singing it live off the floor? You want to do a raw take? Yeah, but just give me a second here. Okay, let me get the music teed up for you. Okay, there's no intro, so you got to limit, because it just comes barging in. Okay. Ready? 
A lawn chair is a good time chair, you're aware of that. It folds down to half its size so you can lay it flat. I could watch the world go by and live without a care. I've never had a bad time in my old lawn chair. Yeah. Ooh, that was Woo. pretty good. Ooh, it needs, you know what, how every single Ramon song starts with one, two, three, four. That's what it needs off the top. And it never matched the tempo of the song. Go listen to a bunch of Ramones music and you will discover that the one, two, three, four was never the same. Uh, yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, and the simultaneous uh, clack of the drumsticks too. Mm, okay, I'm going to add that. Yes, that's so what that means. That will be our new theme song, Lawn Chair Profits, coming soon. Top Ranking Podcast with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Of course it's top ranked. I mean, why else would we call it that? Top Ranking Podcast with Garner and Bryce. Well, now that the news is out of the way, that uh, Lawn Chair Profits coming soon, mm -hmm. we can now start laying the groundwork for what exactly the Lawn Chair Profits <laughs> is going to sound like by diving into probably the classiest discussion we'll ever have. Well, no, because we've never counted down the top 30 diarrhea scenes from movies. Well, there's a couple good ones that come to mind immediately. It used to be Dumb and Dumber, but then... Oh, yeah. But then, was it A Hundred Ways to Die in the West or A Thousand? I can never remember the name. Oh, Neil Patrick Harris. The scene in the gun, the gun, the shootout in the street? Yeah. That's the new number one, by the way, in number two. Bridesmaids, it was also pretty God, solid. that was solid. That was solid, too. That's another <laughs> show, though. <laughs> this time around, I was on uh, deadspin.com the other day. I'm mm. always there. Of course. And I saw this. It's written by a woman named Laura Wagner. And the headline caught my attention right away because it's like the top 36 worst things to puke. I like to use the word barf. It's a little less harsh than puke. Yeah. And barf is just a funny word. So anyway, I, I marveled at the headline for a second. And then I thought to myself, huh, Laura Wagner showed up for work one day and her boss is like, Wagner, in my office immediately. And she goes in there, and uh, the boss is like, I need you to compile a list of the top 36 worst things to have to puke up. And then I was impressed because I thought somebody earned a living that day putting this list together. Oh, you see, I envision it as she showed up to work. They're all sitting around the bullpen, as oh, they call it. Oh, the pitch room, the pitch and table. They're like, Wagner, what do you got today? And she's like, oh, geez. Well, I uh, was going to talk about uh, a viable election system for Iraq. <laughs> But I have a second idea of... Yeah, what is it? Worst things to throw up. That's good. I like it. Like, how many can you name? And then she pulls out the most <laughs> random number of things. 36? Stop. 36 things to throw up. Yeah. I love it. I want it on my desk by noon. Her number one is a bit of a cop-out, though. Thanksgiving dinner. Really? That just, that's all-encompassing. Give me one thing from the Thanksgiving. Like turkey neck. You don't want to see that coming up. Yeah, the gizzards. <laughs> you want that coming up. Did you grow up in a household where people actually fought over the gizzard? No. I think, I want to say they use some of that stuff to make gravy. I don't even need to know what's in gravy. But for the most part, I have nothing to do with the giblets. The best part of the turkey dinner for me is the stuffing. But I don't know. It's weird when you think where they make the stuffing. Oh, yeah. Inside the uh, turkey's 
Butox. Yeah, you pack this weird netted mesh looking thing. And then you stuff her up. Put there. your fist in there and it's like, oh boy. Yeah, who came up with this recipe? Yeah. Who was the first person who's like, hey, hey, what do you before you put that in the oven, what if we put something in the turkey's butt? You know what would go good in there? Breadcrumbs. Uh-huh. But season them. Okay, maybe some celery chunks. Yes. <laughs> God, the first person to eat an egg. That's the real hero. Yeah, first person to milk a cow. Well, yeah, the egg, it's like you see something fall out of a chicken's butt, and you're like, huh, I should put that in my mouth. <laughs> the That'd be good on toast. <laughs> that would, but, yeah, stuffing a turkey right in the butt, that is, uh, who decided to do that? But, anyway, turkey dinner was her number one thing. Yeah, that's fine, I guess. There'd be a lot to come up. Curry. Uh, was buttered chicken on there? Buttered chicken would be unfortunate, yeah. I remember going through, the, and like, um, the first thing that came to my mind would be spaghetti. Oh, yeah. But then I just think of all the foods that probably look the same coming up as they did going down. You know what? Actually, she raises a good point in her list here, Laura Wagner, of deadspin.com. The one thing that I kind of related to was uh, Twizzlers, because a Twizzler doesn't break down. A Twizzler <laughs> is like... Eight inches long, and you probably put that thing into your mouth in two-inch chunks. So you got two-inch chunks of red rope coming back up. It's like a styrofoam cup. It doesn't decompose. No. God, this is an awful topic. I kind of like it. The one I didn't like on her list was she put French onion soup and tomato soup well, back to back. Those don't – they look the same going either direction. Yeah, I was like, ah, it's just liquid. The worst things to throw up are going to be, that's where a Thanksgiving dinner, I guess, makes sense because there's you're packing a lot. Well, I think, though, like anybody right now listening to this highbrow, totally sophisticated, mm-hmm. grown-up discussion we're having right now can probably remember a kid in elementary school standing up and barfing up tomato soup. It was just that it was like a rite of passage or something to have Larry Caterer, a kid I went to school with. He stood up and puked up tomato soup one day. I remember that my talk to my wife one day about this is <laughs> she was in grade two. God, this is such a cute story. Adorable. A girl in her classroom stood up, puked tomato soup everywhere and a peach pit. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? The like a pe- dog, like she just had a random thing. I don't get, but my poor <laughs> wife, she, grade two, she was scarred. She thought that the girl had thrown up her heart. Oh, I didn't even think of that. With the tomato soup. I was like, can she eat peaches to this day? I don't know. That's a weird thing. Yeah, it's like a dog. You pump a dog's stomach and there's keys and socks <laughs> and things in there. Yeah, Frisbee. This girl, a peach pit? Yeah. This or is a, a horrible, horrible topic. Well... It does make me, I don't mind talking about puke. I think it's funny. It's, I mean, it's funny when you're not involved, when you're not the one losing it, when you're not the one who has to beg a friend to hold your hair back. Mm-hmm. So, but the, um, I don't know, it's, it never gets old in a movie, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, there's some pretty epic scenes. What, okay, here we go. Greatest puke scene in a movie ever, Bryce? Well, I think the obvious one has to be the Stand By Me the pie eating contest. Brilliant choice. Where lard ass yes. pukes and <laughs> girlfriends barfed on boyfriends, kids barfed on their parents, 
A fat lady barfed in her purse. The Donnelly twins barfed on each other. And the women's auxiliary barfed all over the benevolent order of antelopes. Yeah. Oh, my God. The benevolent society of antelope? <laughs> yeah, what a weird movie. <laughs> I loved that movie. But, like, when that scene came along, that's what took that movie to legendary status with me. I love that part. For some reason, I keep laughing at the the fat lady puked in her purse. <laughs> <laughs> Boys were puking on girls or whatever it was. I can't remember. Um, mine, up until Stand By Me, I think had always been Mr. Creosote in The Meaning of Life from Monty Python. Have oh, you seen that? The big fatso at the oh fancy restaurant. Oh, my God. Yeah, get me a bucket. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> Better get a bucket. I'm going to throw up. I guess so. A bucket for monsieur. Merci, Gaston. I'm finished. Oh, pardon, Gaston. A thousand pardons, monsieur. Now, this afternoon, we have... My favorite part of that, too, is like the splashing sound effect of it. There is, in one part of that scene, and that scene goes on for like five or six minutes of just constant puking, but there's a point where there's a waiter crawling around on the floor with a scrub brush and a, a bucket, and he's trying to clean it all up, and... Mr. Creosote is just puking so hard on the waiter's back, it's bouncing <laughs> off and flying everywhere. And everyone at the other tables are just kind of watching. Oh. That's pretty good. But then there was a, a one a few years ago I had forgotten about until I Googled puke scenes. Mm-hmm. Remember that movie, I Love You, Man, with Paul Rudd? Uh, yeah. Where he's trying to find just man friends? Oh, I'd forgotten about this. There's a scene where... He's kind of been set up on a mandate with a guy and a group of his friends, and they're chugging beers, and then Paul Rudd Playing poker. Right on John Favreau's face. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Holy I'm sorry. Get out of my house. I'm, I'm so sorry. Just get out of my house. I'm sorry. This is not cool. Get the out. Oh, my God. The, uh, just the puke on Jan- John Favreau's shirt in that is majestic. It is. See, that's another thing. Like Laura Wagner, one day she showed up at work and they're like, put together a list of the top 36 worst things to throw up. The puke on John Favreau's shirt, not real, everybody. That's fake puke. That was somebody's job on set that day to make that. Yeah, there is a tool they use in the movie industry for projectile vomiting that someone <laughs> developed. And has continued to sell and maintain, and they use frequently. So not only do you have to create the fake puke, you have to pack the fake puke into the uh, projectile puke device. You have to arm the device, which is very, very dangerous work. Hollywood. It's where magic happens. Top Ranking Podcast with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. It's not Woo! the best podcast, but at least we are first time something. You're listening to a Top Ranking Podcast about to become the Lawn Chair Profits. Mm. A 15 minute discussion of puke. Yeah. And I say we transition now from talking about puke to talking about gruesome murders. Wow. <laughs> Everybody loves true crime. Like if you look through the podcast charts right now, the biggest podcasts. Our true crime podcast. Why aren't we doing true crime? Well, I guess we kind of are. I guess it's because we don't have any wisp of detective inside of us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Can't crack a case. Well, I love a true crime podcast. You love a home improvement show. God, I love some home reno shows. All day long at your house, right? HGTV, all day, 
er day, as the kids say. Wow. So when you're gone and you got that new puppy sitting at home, is he enjoying HGTV while you're out? He does. Wow. What's his favorite show? I think he likes Good Bones. Really? Because, you know. Bones. Bones. It's yeah. so cute. Oh, oh it's my so God. Cute. That's a clever tie-in right there. <laughs> He's not a big fan of Masters of Flip. No, he doesn't like it. He's not a fan of the Nashville housing market. He, he tends now, to be more Nashville Westbrook. housing market, that's a false economy there right now. That's all the hip kids are moving to Nashville, and they're just they're inflating the prices. It's going to come crashing down hard and fast soon. I got a strong feeling. Like, I, I like seeing what they're doing because it's a hip city, but I want to see houses flip where there are palm trees. That's just me. Yeah. So I like the West Coast. But Masters of Flip, though, can we go back to that? That's a Canadian couple. Yeah. I just figured that out. Yeah. They moved to Nashville to become country music stars. That failed, so they got into flipping houses. Oh, I didn't know that part of it. Oh, yeah. I read the internet, Bryce. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So anyway, the, uh, the other day I read this story that it combines our two loves, my love of true crime and your love of home improvement, and a new show called Murder House Flip. And it's exactly what you think. Uh, designers contractors getting together, buying a house where something particularly gruesome has happened, Mm -hmm. fixing it up, and then flipping it for a profit. Interesting. I actually really like the idea. Uh, It's a little dark. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be for everyone. No. But it's true. Like when a gruesome murder happens, you often think, what happens to that house now? Do they burn it to the ground? Do they... Just change the carpet. What do they? What happens here? Do you find out about it before you buy it? Like, do you have to declare that a homicide has taken place in the living room? My understanding is you only have to declare it if you're asked specifically. Oh. So as a buyer, I think it behooves you to say, hey. Has anyone been brutally murdered in this house? Has <laughs> anyone murdered by an axe here? <laughs> and then the uh, the seller could be like, no, but my Uncle Jerry had a really bad nosebleed behind that piano over there. <laughs> anyway, Janine is on the phone right now. Janine is a realtor friend of ours. And uh, I need to know, because I'm sure a lot of people have wondered this, do people actually pay more or less to buy a house where a grisly murder has happened? I would say less. Like, of course, you have ones like maybe the Manson house or or ones that are super notorious like that, like Ted Bundy's house, or like, well, he had an apartment, but, um, or, but you're not going to be getting higher value. Um, the only one that I can really give an example of in the Edmonton area is I was searching for a client in a neighborhood where the average house price was about 375 and I saw this house that was like 320 I was like, holy cow, that's a great deal. Like, what's, what's going on? I'm, that I'm just looking at the pictures, and I'm scrolling through the photos, and I see chunks of drywall removed, flooring removed down to the floorboards. And I, then I go into the realtor remarks, the private remarks that only we can see. And it was where that, unfortunately, that guy went and he... Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, uh, let's not give any details. There is a duty to disclose things like that. Just like if it's a grow, was a grow up, you know, obviously now you're allowed a few marijuana plants, but if you have a grow up in your house, a mess, a mess lab, um, murder, even suicides really should be disclosed. Or if people will ask if someone died in the house and, um, 
you don't really have to disclose it if it was like grandpa dying in the house. Whether or that, not you should is is yeah. ethical, right? Is that a question though that you, as a realtor, do people ask that quite often? Is they want you to find out whether anything's happened in that house? I don't get it very often. Some people, especially with very like certain religions, they will ask, but for the most part. People do disclose it. Like I've, people will Google a house or find out from the neighbors. So you really should say something. Yeah. Would you watch Murder House Flip? I love true crime shows, and I watch some of those HGTV, but I don't think I'd watch that because I think it's it's uh, profiteering on or profiting on um, tragedy. Really bad, yeah, really bad things. I think there's just some negative juju in that. It does seem a little exploitive, but uh, between you and me and my microphone's off right now, I believe. <laughs> I would, I would totally watch that. I mean, uh, and, <laughs> I wouldn't watch that. Uh, I don't know. If it was like, okay, if there was an episode with the Manson house, I would watch that. But if it's like, so-and-so killed his family because whatever. And it's like, ah, yeah, that's poor taste. I think that makes sense. Yeah, if you're the house where the Charles Manson murders happened, yeah, for some reason, it's people will be attracted to that. Notorious. Yeah, it was a high-profile case. Whereas, you know, the murder-suicide that happened down the road, less so. Hmm. I was, uh, I was a reporter once upon a time. A, a real cub reporter. reporter. A cub reporter. You were like 19 years old. Yeah, I was, I was 20. <laughs> and I was sent to cover real things. Like I went to courtrooms and had a murderer yell at me once. Really? Did you have a little clip-on tie that your mom bought for you? Oh, no, I did not. Did you have an apple in your dad's old briefcase? <laughs> <laughs> I did not look the part. <laughs> I look like an idiot. Oh. But one of the last things I did before I retired from that, uh, there was a huge murder in Calgary. And I don't even know if I should go into the details of it. Mm, I don't know. Let's just say several people died in this house. And the neighborhood where, the, where it happened wanted to knock the house down and have it become a memorial park for the victims. I don't think that ever happened. I think the house is still sitting there. I don't know if anyone has ever bought it. Because of the lure of what happened inside. So if it were on this show, and I don't know, they got rid of the stained hardwood. Uh-huh. No. The ceiling fans, too. <laughs> ceiling fans got to go. Yeah. Maybe give her a paint job. Yeah. And uh, Could they yeah. flip it for a profit? Could you make some money off that? Maybe. Uh, it seems exceptionally dark. It does. Yeah. It wouldn't bother me. I don't think it would bother me. No. I would think about it quite often. I could... I mean, I slept in a bed one night. My my, I won't say his name. I don't want to embarrass him. But I stayed with him in his childhood home one night where he grew up in Moose Jaw. And uh, they have this one spare bedroom in the house, and it's called Grandpa's Bedroom. Oh, God. They just call it that. They, oh, you can, Garn, you can have Grandpa's Bedroom tonight. Oh, I know where this is going. And uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> this was just a few years ago. <laughs> and I get up in the morning and... I'm talking to my friend Dave. There, I've revealed him. <clears throat> and he's like, uh, oh, yeah, you spent the night in grandpa. Uh, my grandpa died in that bed. Ooh, that's why they call it grandpa's room. Mm-hmm. Would you rather sleep Ooh. in a dead guy's bed or a dead guy's bedroom? I think bedroom. Yeah. The bed. That's a little too intimate. Yeah. Yeah. There's too many. De- there's too few degrees of separation between you and a dead guy. You know, there's a possibility. Like, people like you and I who've traveled a fair amount— there's a possibility that we've slept in dead guy beds in hotel rooms. Probably. Yeah. But yeah. They least... should have to declare that in hotel room, in hotels. Ooh, they. <laughs> yeah, by the way, yeah, you can have 226 tonight. Oh, it's a beautiful room. It overlooks the bay. 
there was a triple homicide in there. <laughs> <laughs> the shower uh-huh. was the site of a gruesome murder. You might want to wear your flip flops. <laughs> Either way, I'd be tuning into this show. Murder house flip. Oh, another topic here altogether on this. Well, sort of related to this. If you lived next door or close oh. to a house where something horrific had happened, yeah, and then the new family moves in, how many barbecues do you have to attend with them before you're like, look, do you know what happened in your house? I've been in this situation. I, I think I discussed it not long ago about how across the hall I lived across the hall from a guy who died, and I remember he died. It reeked, and they had to bring in all these biohazard teams to properly clean it, mm-hmm. and then. Few weeks later, there were people moving in, and that, it was an apartment. So yeah. I don't think the apartment is under any obligation to tell you what happened, why it's suddenly free. You didn't ever just poke your head out into the hallway when you heard them coming in with bags of groceries, and you're like, "Hey, let me tell you something." I think I just said, "I think I just gave like a howdy, neighbor. <laughs> Welcome to the building. Hope you don't catch deads." Yeah, <laughs> I did not have the heart to tell them what had happened. Top ranking podcast with Connor Andrews and Bryce Kelly. And on a lighter <clears throat> and on a lighter note, salute to raging narcissists or the ballsiest thing you've ever done in a relationship. Yeah, there's certain this stems from I was at my friend Brian's house the other night for a couple of beers and we started in his garage cuz he loves motorcycles and he was just showing me what he was working on. And then we go into his house, and I'm sitting at the island in the kitchen, and the the living room was kind of dark at the time, and I look over there, and I'm like, is that a motorcycle in your living room? He's like, yeah, that's a 1958 Triumph. It's a beautiful motorcycle, fully restored by his dad. This thing is like, you would see a motorcycle like this in a motorcycle show. And he has it sitting in the corner of his living room, and I'm like, what did Karen say? And he just said, she wasn't home. Oof. Yeah, that is a bold move. It is, because the thing you see in the living room is the motorcycle. Yeah, it's right beside the TV. It's the focal point in the room, (laughs) the the giant motorcycle. And I quietly applauded him, like, ballsy, ballsy, very, very ballsy. Yeah. And that got us talking about what's the ballsiest thing you've ever done in your relationship without discussing it with your partner. And I think the only thing I've ever done— was my wife was in Palm Springs last year, and while she was away, I painted the front door of our house bright red. It was beige, got tired of it, so I painted it red. Of course she hated it when she got home, but I think most of that was because I didn't ask her first. Oh, yeah, probably. But then all her friends are like, oh, my God, I love your front door. Everybody compliments us on our front door, but she never, ever, she's not going to crack. She's not going to give me that satisfaction. <laughs> but that's the ballsiest thing I've ever done. And But, I mean, it's not life-altering. It's easily changed back. Like, I could just go buy a can of beige paint. They sell it everywhere. I could switch it back. I don't think I've ever done anything really that bold. I think maybe an ill-advised haircut is the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> Has anyone ever broken up with you because of a haircut? I think I decided at one point to buzz my head because I was like, ah, it's just easier to maintain. Mm. And I didn't discuss it before, and it doesn't suit me. Did you get dumped? I didn't get, well, I did eventually. <laughs> I don't know if it's related. <laughs> Put that in the folder. Dumped over a haircut. <laughs> we need to discuss that one day. 
Um, we got several texts, several phone calls from people. Uh, the one, though, that keeps uh, – I don't know if this is the clubhouse leader or not, but this is why I say this should be called Salute to Raging Narcissism. The one from the guy who said that him and his mom – this is when he was a kid. He was away on vacation with his mom and his siblings, and the dad stayed home. And when they got back from vacation, the dad's like, surprise, everybody. I bought an 80-acre farm. We're selling our house in the city, and we're moving to the country. That was ballsy. (sighs) That? To do that without discussing it? Oh, yeah. And then there was the dot, 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 my mom filed for divorce. Yeah. Yeah. Not exactly a twist ending when you do something. An 80-acre farm, too. That's not dipping your toes into the farming life. No, that's not an acreage. That's not a quaint little acreage where you get a lawn tractor and that. That's farmland. You're diving all in into the farm life. And without discussing that, whoo, ballsy. Uh, But then there was this one. Okay, so um, this is my sister's in-laws, actually. Uh, so when her husband was born, they had decided on a name, uh, and then her father-in-law left the hospital room to go fill out the paperwork for the birth certificate, and just randomly, on his way to doing that, changed the name, and um, the wife had no idea, like her mother-in-law had no idea he had done that until she got the paperwork in the mail months later that he totally named their child something completely different than what they had decided on. This, uh, hang on a second, I'm just getting word from head office in my earpiece. This is the clubhouse leader on Ballsy Moves. Nice. How pissed off would you be if you found out your name was supposed to be Jack, but instead you're Tristan? (laughs) You just imagine how that mom reacted when she opened the mail that day. What? What was he thinking changing the name last second? That's kind of a dick move. Like you. That's you major these, league. When you're having children, and you haven't been there yet, Bryce, maybe one day if you're lucky and blessed, you will be. But that's part of the fun leading up to it is throwing names at each other. And then I remember our, my wife and I driving to the hospital for our first. And uh, on the way there, just sort of it's like 4 o'clock in the morning and it's dark out and we're just talking because it's go time. It's like, okay, so we're agreed on this name. And we you know, made a pact. That that was going to be the name. I can't imagine walking down the hallway and going, nah, I'm going to go, I'm going to run a different, I'm going to call an audible here. <laughs> you will be baby Hector. Yeah. I'm going to throw a change up into this plan here. Yeah. That was Top Ranking Podcast, starring Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. What are we up to, like four listeners now? Five. Oh, and a special thanks to USS for the temporary, yes, temporary podcast theme song.